new on Curiosity Street. Louis B. Mayer, Jack Warner, William Fox. Hollywood was the city of dreams, but the beginnings were a nightmare. You will never work in this town again! It's Titans, the rise of Hollywood. And Merapi, one of the world's most active volcanoes. Can we better predict its next deadly eruption? A new expedition hunts for life-saving answers on exploring the volcano. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. My name is Taiba Tolanio and I'll be filling in for Pamela Clark on today's show on education in the news. This show highlights various news, events and happenings in the education sector. I will start the show with um, scholarship news and stories. Melanie and Richard Lundquist commit $25 million to McPherson College. The gift from the giving pledges, the largest gift in the Central Kansas College's 135-year history, will fund campus infrastructure, academic, and financial aid programs. Lindbergh Foundation announces alliance to decarbonize aviation. The Forever Flight Alliance, which includes the X-Prize Foundation, Prince Albert II of Monaco Foundation, and the National Business Aircraft Association, will launch incentive prices aimed at decarbonizing the aviation industry. Also, news coming from Philanthropy News Digest says, Gilbert Family Foundation commits $13 million to Eviction Defense Fund. The Detroit Eviction Defense Fund will invest $12 million over three years to provide legal representation to low-income Detroit families facing eviction proceedings and an additional $1 million in support of a long-term study into the efficacy of the program. Also, growth of HIV-related given flats in 2020 reports findings. Based on an analysis of HIV-related philanthropic disbursement from 232 founders, the report from founders concerned about AIDS found the total HIV-related philanthropy in 2020 reached $707 million, representing an essentially flat 1% increase from 2019, with the top 20 funders accounting for 92%. Also, East West Bank commits $6 million to AAPI nonprofits and initiatives. As part of its second-year pledge to the Asian, American, and Pacific Islander Giving Challenge, the bank's grant to the Pacific Bridge Arts Foundation, Stop AAPI Hate, and the Asian Pacific American Leadership Fund, the Gold House, will support the movement for AAPI inclusion, equality, and justice. Still on Philanthropy News Digest, 
Mathematical Sciences Research Institute received $70 million gift. The gift, which includes $35 million each from James and Marilyn Simons and Henry and Marsha Loffer, is the largest unrestricted endowment gift to a U.S.-based mathematics institute. University of Houston receives $50 million for College of Medicine. The gift from longtime board chair Tilman Fetita will help the university address the state's critical shortage of primary care physicians, especially in low-income and underserved communities. Also, Bush Foundation announces 2022 cohorts of fellows. Each Bush fellow receives up to $100,000 over one to two years in support of a leadership development plan tailored to their needs and ambitions. $5 million award establishes fund at Harvard Business School. The commitment will help promote the diversity, equity, and inclusion of other represented individuals in the fields of sports management and alternative investments. Hilton Foundation announces cohorts of virtual leadership scholars. This year's cohort includes professionals from 31 countries and with backgrounds ranging from project management and communications to fundraising. Foundations, corporations providing support for Ukraine. Foundations and other grant makers provide support for the organization on the ground and Ukrainian refugees include Help Free Ukraine, the Victor Pinchok Foundation, World Bank, and the Zagori Foundation. Rasmus Foundation commits $3 million to broadband efforts in Alaska. The foundation is focused on assisting efforts to introduce broadband to communities that lack access or meaningful access due to prohibited cost and lagging speeds. Also, still on um, Philanthropy News Digest, one-third of donors directed have their giving to disaster relief. Last year, 37% of American donors gave half or more of their charitable contributions to disaster relief efforts, and 64% gave to a charity they had never supported before. Trust in nonprofits fell slightly last year's survey finds. According to Independent Sector's third and annual Trust in Civil Society survey, 56% of Americans said they trust nonprofits down 3% points from the 2020 benchmark study. JP Morgan Chase commits $20 million to support summer youth employment. The five-year effort will help young people in under-resourced, low-income, and minority communities disproportionately affected by the pandemic to assess summer work opportunities and gain experience to help them build careers and achieve economic mobility. All these and many more news are coming in from Philanthropy News Digest. You can log on to philanthropynewsdigest.org to get more on these headlines. Another headline says ERB Family Foundation to Spend Down. The plan for the 10-year spend down period, which the foundation expects to implement by the end of 2024, will transition its grants making to larger projects and strategic grantee program support. 
Panda Cares awards 10.5 million to Boys and Girls Clubs of America. The gift will fund in-person learning opportunities for more than 500 Boys and Girls Clubs and help launch 35 Panda Care Center of Hope in clubs nationwide. MacArthur Foundation, Urban Institute launch housing stability program. The Just Home Project aims to break the links between housing instability and jail incarceration as awarded a total of $5 million to help communities in Chasseton County, South Carolina, Minnehaha County, South Dakota, the city and county of San Francisco, and Tulsa County, Oklahoma. Fund aims to raise $41.5 million for racial and economic equality. The Crisis Charitable Commitment, a project of the Leonard and Sophie James Fund's Why Not initiative, will direct pooled funds to the Solidarity Network, Tide Foundation, and Amalgamated Foundation to support Black-led organizations, safeguard voting rights, and raise awareness of wealth inequality. Bloomberg launches hope for municipalities to access federal funding. The local infrastructure hub aims to connect city leaders and experts to develop clarity and direction in the application process for federal infrastructure funding. Um, another headline still on um, Philanthropy News Digest says, Kaufman Foundation releases America's new business plan for 2022. The four-part business plan aims to create a more inclusive economy by taking a holistic approach to addressing systemic disadvantages and providing access to opportunity, funding, knowledge, and support. Americans for Ben Gurion um, University receives $20 million for donation. UHN Foundation receives $8.58 million for neurofibromatosis research. The anonymous gift to the Toronto-based health system will support programs at the Kremlin Brain Institute, expanding research into neurofibromatosis, a nervous system-centered genetic disorder affecting approximately one in 10,000 Canadian adults. All these stories and many more coming from Philanthropy News Digest. Also, um, second cohort of Lantix Artist Fellows announced. The Mellon Foundation and the Ford Foundation have announced the second cohort of the Lantix Artist Fellowship, a multi-year initiative administered by the U.S. Lantix Art Forum, USLAF, in collaboration with the New York Foundation for the Arts. Launched in 2021 with a combined commitment of $5 million from the two foundations, the fellowship recognizes 15 of the most compelling Atlantic visual artists working in the United States today. Samford University receives $100 million bequest. Samford University in Birmingham, Alabama has announced a $100 million gift from the estate of alumnus Marvin Mann in support of student fellowships and the university's center for ethics. The largest ever gift to the university from a single donor includes $95 million to endow student scholarships, an allocation that is expected to provide approximately 
$3.75 million annually for students entering undergraduate and graduate programs. Still on philanthropy news, um, Comic Relief Gates Foundation pledges $30 million to global funding. Timed to the opening of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, the International Public-Private Partnership announced commitments totaling $30 million from Comic Relief that will help unlock $6 billion in two-for-one matching funds from the United States. Melanoma Research Alliance awards $13 million in grants. The grants will support 11 teams science awards, 10 young investigator awards, and six pilot awards. MRA grants awards back development of the innovative ideas that offer the promise of rapidly improving outcomes for melanoma patients. Um, Mackenzie's Court awards $122.6 million to BBBSA for mentorship. The largest donation from a single individual in the organization's history who provides support to Big Brothers, Big Sisters of America and 38 local BBBS agencies and serve as a catalyst to create more innovative mentoring solutions for all kids from all backgrounds. Still on um, Philanthropy News Digest, Blue Shield of California launches Health Equity Fellowship. Over the next five years, the program will support approximately 100 masters and doctoral candidates funding students from a diverse range of communities. Now, um, let's go to some other um, sources and get um, this is coming from Springfield News Sun. Ohio State Board of Education chooses new state superintendent. Steve Dakin, an ex member of the Ohio State Board of Education, was picked to be the next superintendent of public instruction for Ohio, the top job at the Ohio Department of Education. Dakin previously led the search for the next superintendent of public instruction before resigning and applying for the job three days later. He was also previously the vice president of the Ohio State Board of Education. The State Board of Education voted 14 to 4 with one abstention in favor of approving Dakin. Still on Springfield News Sun, Clark Champaign organizations awarded grants for students' academic needs, well-being. Clark County and Champaign County community-based organizations have been awarded grants to address students' academic needs and well-being. The Ohio Department of Education awarded $89 million in summer learning and after-school opportunities grants to 161 community-based partners, including the Champaign Family YMCA in Urbana and Children's Rescue Center in Springfield. Those awarded can use the fund to create or expand out-of-school services that address academic needs and well-being of students most in need as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Population booms overwhelm schools in the West. Um, someone's gonna get left behind, says the headline. Nearly every classroom at Story Creek Elementary School offers sweeping views of the snow-capped Rocky Mountain that surround the Gallatin Valley here in southwest Montana. 
But a recent spring morning, most teachers kept the roller shades in their classroom down, hoping to focus students' attention away from the nearly non-stop construction happening next door. Um, Lori Dengenhart, principal of Story Creek, which opened the new campus last August, scanned the sunny vista from a second grade classroom that overlooks swiftly vanishing ranch land. Bulldozers and dump trucks were clearing the way for an estimated 7,000 houses that will fill with families over the next few years. This is coming in from the Columbus Dispatch, Picaretin School considering hybrid model for junior high students in 2022-2023 academic year. Picaretin School officials are considering moving to a hybrid model for junior high schools for the 2022-2023 school year and possibly longer. As it did at the outset of the 2022-2021 school year, Pickerington schools will may use cohorts for the next school year that would see groups of students attend in-person classes for a portion of the week and receive online instruction the remaining of the week. However, this time the hybrid model would be in place only for students at the district's two junior high schools. It is being considered in response to what district officials say is overcrowded condition, not the COVID-19 pandemic. The proposal was discussed during a May 9 board meeting. On Education Week comes this headline that says how one principal has dodged the staffing shortage. Cynthia Rios remembers how much she relied on the secretaries and guidance counselor when she was a student at Haney City Senior High School in Florida's Polk County District. Now, um, nearly three years after graduating, she sits next to some of the same secretaries as their colleague, ensuring that incoming freshmen have the supportive environment she enjoyed as a student. That's also the case for Johnny Disler and his sister Jocelyn, both of whom are alumni and work at the school as substitute teachers. The three are among the 54 graduates employed at Haney's City Senior High School, serving as assistant principals, teachers, substitutes, and support staff. About two dozens of them, Rios and Dislas included, graduated since the current principal, Adam Lane, arrived in 2015. At One Day University, we feature hundreds of top-rated professors from Stanford, Harvard, Michigan, Texas, UCLA, and other schools across the world to explore history, music, politics, art, science, and much more. Every Wednesday, our weekly scholar newsletter includes five fascinating short video clips of our most notable professors discussing a brand new topic, plus special reports and topical debates as well. Sign up for free at OneDayU.com. That's O-N-E-D-A-Y-U.com. Lane has cultivated a deep talent pipeline over the years, starting with explicitly telling seniors that there was always a place for them at the school after they had graduated, attended college, gone off to the military, or tried out their first or even second jobs. This is a welcome development. Um, and the headline once again says how one principal has dodged the staffing shortage.
right now. You might be struggling through your classes or even failing them. You might be worried that you may not finish high school. There might have even been a thought that you may not be smart enough. Well, the New Heights Educational Group begs to differ. We not only think you are smart enough, but with our help, you will complete your high school diploma. The New Heights Educational Group strives to improve your academic success through its tutoring services. To learn more, please visit newheightseducation.org and contact us. New Heights Educational Group, educational resources to help reach your goals. Hello, listeners. If you're enjoying the New Heights show on education and want to support or donate to our organization, please visit www.newheightseducation.org. And while you're there, check out our online store, Welcome back to the show. My name is Ty Bartolanio, and I'm filling in for Pamela Clark for Education in the News show, um, where we talk about um, some scholarship news and stories. From learning.com comes this, um, the truth about digital literacy. The term digital literacy is banded about so commonly that we assume we know what it means. Without thinking twice, but what is digital literacy? What is fact and what is fiction? The truth is that digital literacy requires a broad range of digital skills. Um, You can go to learning.com and search for the truth about digital literacy to read more on this topic. I move on to Gig Harbor now. And it says digital citizenship, a key part of the curriculum in the peninsula schools. Time was the job of an IT director was all about making sure students had enough devices and that everyone could get online. These days, Chris Hagel, director of digital learning at Peninsula School District, spends his time supporting teachers, instructing students about digital citizenship informing parents of ways to monitor and evaluate their child's screen time, and worrying about cybersecurity attacks on students and staff and staff data. The digital landscape is changing rapidly in an info age of misinformation, disinformation, and outright malinformation, gradients that range from inadvertent sharing of erroneous material to outright targeting of individuals or organizations. From Edutopia comes these um, digital resources for play-based learning in preschool. Digital media has the potential to be hands-on and playful. These online platforms encourage young students to engage in open-handed exploration. Children learn and grow through exploration. For instance, um, as children playing in block, areas they are simultaneously investigating concepts relating to shapes and their physical properties as well as balance abstracts representation and problem solving they think creatively as they navigate challenges and try new things they communicate with others and learn to share materials they express emotions and expand to their direct experiences teachers can set up challenges like building the tallest tower or designing a home for a stuffed animal 
that enable such play-based learning opportunities to unfold in the classroom. Research continues to demonstrate that play-based learning leads to gains in math, literacy, executive functioning, and social and emotional development. As schools move to distance learning during the pandemic, early childhood educators began to explore ways that play-based learning could occur with digital resources or within digital environments. To be effective, such educational media must remain open-ended, socially interactive, and flexible while requiring communication and removing external evaluation. Most important, these digital resources must enable experiences and learning to unfold as a result of the child's questions. Adults who engage alongside children must remain playful participants who listen, follow, and expand on the child's discoveries rather than direct, instruct, and restrict the child's exploration. To get more on this topic, digital resources for play-based learning in preschool, and to read to know more about examples of play-based digital resources, please go on to Edutopia and um, search for digital resources for play-based learning in preschool to read more. Coming from Smart Brief, um, this headline says three factors driving immersive classroom learning. Um, for our students and teachers to reap the benefits of technology, the tools that schools acquire must be simple, inclusive, and flexible. Um, to read more on this white paper, which explains how these features will help um, districts develop technology plans that are future-proof and cutting-edge in how they deploy um, technology to deliver education, please um, go on to Smart Breathe and um, search more on these three factors to drive immersive and enhanced classroom learning. Um, more of it includes um, simplicity is key to enhanced learning and is one of the three factors. Um, inclusivity improves hybrid learning and flexible technology ensures investment for the future. In conclusion, school districts face difficult decisions and time pressure as they transition to technology-driven learning environments. Though the potential to enhance education and immerse students more deeply and effectively in lesson is great, it can be challenging to determine which investments will deliver those benefits seamlessly. Um, moving on to the Chalkbeat um, website, helping students rebound after pandemic is top of mind for new New Hawk board member. Krista Williams is the newly elected member of the New Hawk Board of Education and has safety, school culture, academic recovery at the forefront of her agenda as she takes office. William, who accrued the most votes in the April 19 school board election, was sworn into a three-year term and her first elected position at a virtual reorganization meeting. William shared at the meeting that she knows there is a lot of work to be done to help students rebound from the pandemic, and she is committed to doing this. I'm from Education Week. Um, 
it says short on substitute teachers here are some things states can do student teachers can make good substitutes but the rules don't always allow them to step in most students return to in-person instruction this school year but for many it was not the smooth reopening that parents policymakers and practitioners wanted disruptions due to covid 19 outbreaks and quarantines among students and teachers have been a recurring um, feature of the school year um, to read more you can go to education week and um, read more on short on substitute teachers um, what things um, states can do from edutopia promoting sel through bulletin boards with the right prompt prompt the bulletin boards in the school hallway and their digital equivalent can be used to foster social and emotional learning. With the idea of supporting um, students, bulletin boards can make them inclusive and playful, says Mason Nichols. On dance paper, um, it says, Camp Flying Point offer inclusive space for East End kids with autism. While the East End has plenty of exciting super summer camp opportunities for children and teens, the options for camps that emphasize a safe, inclusive space for kids with autism are few, in fact, very few. And it's this very lack of autism-focused camps that led to the creation of the transformative camp Flying Point, organized by the Flying Point Foundation for Autism. From Chalk Beats in um, Colorado, life is hard for middle and high schoolers who struggle to read. So this Colorado Public School aims to help. Launched last fall, Bright Minds provides intensive reading help to 14, 7th and 8th graders with dyslexia or other reading challenges. School leaders plan to add a year every year, uh, a grade every year until Bright Minds run through 12th grade with the ultimate hope that it will serve as a model for other schools in the 78,000 students Jeffco district and across the state. Bright minds unfold at a time when Colorado education leaders are keenly focused on improving early elementary reading instruction with efforts including new training requirements for kindergarten through third grade teachers and stricter guardrails on reading curriculum. From VT Digger comes this headline that says Staffing Woes Plague Special Education, Shorting Students, Driving Up Costs. Working in special education was never easy, advocates and administrators say, but two years into the pandemic, they are suffering from serious staffing shortage. Despite an influx of American Rescue Plan money and other one time COVID related dollars, schools are struggling to find and keep special education teachers and staff. At the onset of the pandemic, students who received physical and occupational therapy or who benefited particularly from hands-on learning often fell behind as all services went remote. Yet, a return to in-person education has not been the fix many anticipated. From K-12 Dive, um, Ed Department offers 18-month extension request for ARP spending. The United States Department of Education will consider requests from school districts for an 18-month extension 
on spending COVID-19 emergency funds under the American Rescue Plan beyond the September 30, 2024 obligation deadline. This is coming according to a May 13 letter from the department to AASA, the School Superintendents Association. The two-page letter said that while the obligation deadline when a district commits to use of certain funds is based on statutory and regulatory requirements, the department can approve spending extension requests for properly obligated funds. Now, I move on to news clip just to give you um, some of the news coming from um, state and local education news. Catherine's peak as next school superintendent plans to get early jump on job. The top pick to succeed Scott Inskip as Catherine City Schools superintendent said she plans to get a jump on the job should the Board of Education approve her contract. Um, she said in her words, I have plans starting as early as this week to spend time with Mr. Inskip and other staff learning more, Melinda McCarthy Stewart said in an email. The move will make her the first female top administrator for Catherine School, a system that evolved from one established in 1841 in Van Buren and changed names after the city's incorporation in the 1950s, said district spokeswoman Carrie Basson. McCarthy Stewart, 50, said, she will seize the opportunity to attend school and community events, including the high school graduation ceremony. TPS weighs implementation of block scheduling. The 2022-2023 school year might be the last time TPS high schoolers experience their usual eight course schedule before administrators implement a new format that at times will include fewer but longer class periods. Typically referred to as black scheduling, TPS officials hope to have a plan in place by October and implement the new format in the fall of 2023. OSFCC funds could get um, Crestview project rolling. As the school year wraps up, board members hope new funds recently approved for the Ohio Schools Facility Construction Commission project will finally help them get Crestview's new construction project started. Ohio House Bill 597, which goes into effect on July 1st, includes a list of money for various projects throughout the state, including $424 million for OFCC projects. New Philadelphia School District shares feel-good senior prank as students are not crossing guard. The 2022 class of New Philadelphia High School took their senior prank in a different direction with a feel-good idea that is getting some love on social media. The school district shared a photo of the situation that explained how each senior brought a flower to the school crossing guard, Bobby Dalpaz, to show thanks to her for her compassion and caring. It was a moment that school officials says brought Dalpaz to the tears. CPS to offer training to students to become referees. With referees and umpires becoming increasingly scarce, Toledo Public Schools officials are turning to teens to carry the slack by offering courses to become game officials. Jim Galt, the school district executive transformational leader of curriculum, said, Plans are in the early stages to start a club and assist teens in earning licenses and 
insurance to referees at the junior varsity level or lower. He is in talks with officials from RefRep, an Indiana organization that offers video training curricula in a variety of sports to help students become referees. Students will have to receive training for roughly five hours in each sport before taking tests to become certified. And lastly, from news clip, says Sherman Elementary students, this spring residents celebrate. Third grade students in the Sherman Elementary School Leadership Team program celebrated with this spring residents at the annual spring picnic, blowing bubbles, singing songs, and enjoying a picnic lunch of the hot dog on the grills and all the fixings. The students earned the outing for good grades and good behavior, Sherman teacher Kevin Stone said. And here is the end of today's show on education in the news. Barbara Bullen will be having our show on the history and issue of civil rights at 5 p.m. on Sundays, Eastern Standard Time. Um, also, Tai Bartolanio will be having a last show about issues affecting youths on Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Don't forget to rate us and follow us on your podcast player. Check out our show page, radio.newheightseducation.org, for monthly announcements and other happenings. Zoe and a cold brew for yourself. Kroger Delivery will get you just what you need in as little as 30 minutes. Open the Kroger app and start your cart, whatever the cart. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Delivery time's not guaranteed. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at kroger.com slash boost.